from a bunker in beautiful Parkchester, the Bronx, it's electoral dysfunction. Now, here's your host, Tom Brennan. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Electoral Dysfunction, the show where comedians and experts debate the news of the week from the safety of their quarantine. I'm your host, Tom Brennan. Thank you for being with us for another week. Before we get started this week, I want to give a quick shout out to our old pal, the pop culture priest himself, Jim McDermott, who has a wonderful article out in the National Catholic Reporter called A Place for Us on Being Gay in the Priesthood. It is a wonderful meditation on faith, on identity, on... It is... Just go read it. I'm going to drop the link in the description of this episode. Check it out. Jim, we're so proud of you. Wonderful work. And as always, if you like watching our show every week, please consider contributing to our Patreon. Everyone who does this show does so for free, and any dime of money we get is going to go right back to them. I'm not keeping any of it. Patreon.com slash electoral dysfunction. Uh, and otherwise, we're going to get going to the show. We've got a great panel today, great bunch of guests. As always, please like and subscribe on Apple or Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, um, uh, I think we're on Audible and Amazon. I assume Russian state media is making use of it for something. And, you know, if you donate to the Patreon, Vlad, knock yourself out. Uh, with that, let's get this show on the road. Ned Thorne, our director, star wipe me to the first guests. You just saw my pit stains. All right, join me in welcoming our first guest. This is exciting. It's our, our first ever guest from across the pond. I mean, I think outside of uh, uh, our old pal Kent McClarkelson showing up from Calgary, our first international guest, uh, joining us from the UK. Uh, they Together they are proper dodgy. Separately they are Georgie and Babette. Welcome to Electoral Dysfunction, Proper Dodgy. How are you? Hi, bye. Hi, bye. Yeah, we're all right. Yeah, you know, just to clarify for your listening audience, we're in Essex, okay? So we're like South Bend by the Sea. And it's like right sad. All my proper like chippy shops are like not open to stupid pandemic or whatever. Mm. I don't even know how to get takeaway these days. I've resorted to having make my own food, which is just a bunch of ramen. And like, babe, I love you, but like your curry chips are just not as good as the one at the shop. I know, and they always give me the shits. They really do, and like not in the good, like cleansing way, you know, yeah, like no. when you're doing like a cleanse. Yeah, yep. that's the good one. Yeah, Tom, one. do you do cleanses? Do you like uh, shit so you feel better? <laughs> I mean, I, I, I do feel better when I shit. I have not done a cleanse in a while. It is nice off of this conversation to know that <laughs> one thing that connects all of humanity right now, it's this COVID virus inconveniencing our daily lives. So it's, it's awful. Absolutely. It really is. Uh, well, thanks for joining us. You know, in this show, we talk about the news of the week with with interesting people, and we're so happy to ask you and get your take, particularly get international take on the COVID crisis, the biggest thing here in the U.S. right now. We we have a new president, uh, Joe Biden. Uh, I love him. He was so proper hot when he was like he was well fit when he oh, was well young. Fit. Let me tell you, oh, well fit, gosh. like proper trade, like well fit. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's like a uni boy. Yeah. yeah. Like, hot. He's like, educated. Yeah. Like, he could buy me a bombers and I would be like, okay, thank you. Absolutely, babe. Yeah. It's good to know. Oh, man. Uh, I think, yeah, he was in good shape and even with the hair plugs. Uh, but he, um, uh, you know, one of the first things he did, we have new, you know, the majority of the COVID in the United States has been from Europe. So there is currently some travel restrictions between the US and the UK. What, what do you think about that? Right. 
Yeah, I'm just like really grateful right now that oh, you crazy people just not coming into our country. I'm sorry, but that storming of the capital that was scary. scary. Did not like it. Yeah. Did not like, like it important. At all. You're like queuing on people are like important everywhere, like across the world, and like I understand that, like okay, yeah, we have this like other strain of COVID, but like. Still, I think like your QAnon crazy right wing is like worse. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, certainly I guess they're comparable at least. I, I can't catch QAnon, but I suppose it could still kill me at a certain point. Um, uh, talk to me about what, what life is like in Essex right now under COVID crisis, besides the chippy shop shortage. I mean... We're, well, right now we're in lockdown number three. Three? Okay, they three times. Canceled christmas oh that's rough it was proper terrible like i had all these plans to like go see my mom and dad like go way up the country okay mm -hmm. and like i was stuck at home in my flat with like my flatmate and like she's no georgie okay like no she's a bit uh, georgie how do you like describe my flatmate i say she's a bit of a slag Mm -hmm. And also, like, a snob at the yeah. same time. Like, yeah. she's snobby about her slagginess. Yeah. And so, like, pre-COVID, yeah, she would, like, bring these, like, lads over, yeah? And, like, after, like, a yeah. proper lash out of the bar, okay? And, like, a chicken Nando's after. She would, like, mm -hmm. bring these lads back to the flat, okay? Mm -hmm. And, like, I didn't really mind about that. But what I minded was that they would, like, leave the flat sort of a mess the next day. Like, it was gross. Yeah. Like, I had to pick up their pubes out of my own loo. Oh, and then uh, she had the, the gall to, like, when I was, like, washing the dishes, doing the wash-up, she would be like, oh, I don't like the way you stack the bowls. They don't dry properly. And I'm like, excuse you. I just cleaned your, like, lad's pubes out the loo. Like, yeah. That's right. The passive aggressivity was just well undeserved for your babes. What's pandemic yeah. life like for you, Georgie, uh, in, in, in good old Essex? Oh, it's been all right, babes. You know, I live alone, but I've got a nice size bubble because I, I can't be, I can't do with this lonely single life during a pandemic. So I've just decided I've got, you know, I'd say about 12 roommates that are kind of like here and there and everywhere. Hmm. So I've been able to have a little bit, a little bit of cheeky batter <laughs> and a little bit of cuddle time. Mm -hmm. But you know, it's still my bubble. Yeah, <clears throat> that's how you make a bubble, babe. Bowie <laughs> just made it so confusing out here. Mm. He's like, stay at home. But go back to business, like go to the shops, but don't leave your house. And it's just mental. Like, did you know it. the pubs were open in London this summer? Like who in their right minds was going into pubs in London? Mm. In London, okay? That's like literally 60% of this entire country's population lives in that city. Georgie, I know you did, babes. You didn't I'm get COVID, sorry, but... Sorry, anyone listening, babes. Georgie has her hand up that she went yeah. to the pubs in London. I just... I just had to, babes. Sure. I couldn't deal with it. I needed a bite. To be fair, if you've I been in enough, 
I've, I've been in enough London pubs to know that, you know, 90% of the world's viruses may have started there. So, uh, you know, it's a risk most people are already willing to it's take. It's just damp. They're just damp and they're full of yeah. dogs. Like, literal and figurative. Like, sure. dogs just go and sit there. And mm-hmm. so it's like, uh, all right, we'll bring the outside inside, I guess. I guess so. Proper Dodgy, it's been lovely speaking with you. We've got to move on to our next guest. But before we head out, any, any messages for, for, the, for the U.S. from across the pond? I just think like you should pay attention to scientists, okay? Mm. Fauci, he's a hot little babe, okay? His mind is sure. very sexy. So it. like listen to him in his hot little tight body and the right. words that come out of his mouth. And I just think like wear your masks, yeah, get vaccinated, okay? Because like you're not going to have a microchip, okay? You got an iPhone, guess what? You've been chipped your whole life. Right. Yeah. I missed the chip yeah. shop. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. I miss the chip shop as well. Proper Dodgy, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, uh, Ned Thorne, star wipe me to the panel. And join me in welcoming this week's panel. First up, very funny comedian. She is the host of the Witchcast podcast and the Revolution Comedy podcast. Kate Moran is back from the great state of New Jersey. Hey, Kate, how are you? I'm, I'm better. I'm better. It's been a while since I've seen you, so feeling better these days. Yeah, you know, it's uh, we now have time to to really embrace all the other terrible news stories that were happening uh, now that Trump's gone from being yeah. the from. So yeah. it's like the gun's not to my head anymore. I'm still in the quicksand, but at least I can enjoy the view a little. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's a perfect way to put it. Uh, also joining us, another very funny co- comedian. You can see her on Hulu's Difficult People, and please check out her one-woman production of Snowpiercer, where she plays every character including the train. Shannon DeVito's with us again. Hey, Shannon, how are you? Hi. I'm, you know, about the same as Kate. Um, you know, only terrified of coronavirus now. So it's it's getting better. I feel like I get to like be terrified of one thing at a time now. And it's very exciting. Yeah, yeah. It's no, the problems are no longer like three stooges their way through the door. It's just one <laughs> at a time. Uh, and that's very exciting. Uh, also with us, uh, coming to us from Chicago, the Chicago Tribune's own, you know, scourge of the internet, Rex Hupke. Hey, Rex, how are you? Hey, marketer of evil. Yeah, that's what I am. That's yeah. <laughs> I'm good. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing all right. Whenever I need to feel better about myself, I just read the screenshots you drop of the letters you get from readers uh, who yeah, are mad. Yeah. So. <laughs> I, like to, I like to share the joy with everyone. Out there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and as always, columnist for Bloomberg Opinion, the man, the myth, the legend himself, Robert George. Robert, how are you, buddy? Uh, Tom, well, you know, I'm doing okay, but you know, I'm, um, I'm a, I'm a, um, I'm a, I'm a black man in America. So, you know, just different administration, same old shit, you know, so, yeah. uh, but otherwise, <laughs> otherwise, you know. <laughs> sure, of course. <laughs> the clock's just ticking to not feel okay again, is what you're saying. <laughs> well, you know, as Public Enemy said many years ago, you know, it, sometimes it doesn't matter whether, you know, whether the fist is coming from the right or from the left, you know, it is, it's, it's just... <laughs> Uh, so now that Biden is so ha- president, ha- happy you know, happy Black History Month. Uh, I was going to say now, now that now that Biden is president, do you suddenly really feel concerned about the deficit again? Is that happening right now? It's it's <laughs> it, the, the 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 deficit and the debt debt are like the worst thing that have, has happened to America within the last year. I have to tell you, I mean, I can't <laughs> think of anything worse than that. It's oppressive, you know. It's crushing. It's crushing us yeah. under our burden. And what um, and what about um, 
you know, what about our, you know, what about the kids? You know, we are running up these yeah. debts that that our kids have to pay. I, it's 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 outrageous, and I'm I'm very disappointed that uh, the Democrats don't have an answer for it. I'd like to see, look, Biden's been president for 10 days and our debt is in the trillions. That's crazy. Pandemic. He's yeah. been, he's been, he's been, he's been president for about t for 10 days. And he, has he written um, one, one executive order wiping out that debt yet? He has not. I he's don't think so. Yeah. Could he do that? Could he just drop an executive <laughs> order saying we don't owe you money anymore? <laughs> 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 yeah. Has he tried refinancing? Yeah. Well, well, that's exactly right. You know, it, it would be yeah. kind of hilarious. Everybody's saying, "Oh, you know, um, you know, Trump. Trump was saying, you know, I'm in debt to, um, I'm in debt to China. I'm in debt to China." It says, "Oh, well, f, f you, China. Forget it. We're not paying you anything." So yeah. <laughs> our new attorney generals, Jacoby and Myers, have helped us get a great refinancing situation <laughs> on our on our country. Uh, by the way, I the think twist is though that be... would be Seth Myers. That's the question. Yeah. That's the thing. This might be one of the first shows we've done where every single panelist is in a different state right now. We got New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Illinois, and New York. That's fun. That's fun. Well, well you, you and I, you and I are in the same state though, Tom. Yeah, you and I. Well, no, I'm. Yeah, you and I are. Oh, well, okay. I'm on mainland America here in the Bronx though, so you're you're stuck on that island. Of Manhattan. Fair point. Uh, I understand what real America is like because there's a highway outside that goes straight <laughs> to real America. You're outside the bubble. That's right. I am just outside the bubble <laughs> and right across the street from AOC. So there's <laughs> my oh, bubble. I'm outside of one bubble and inside another. Uh, so what a week for America. This week, uh, I think I, what I found very interesting about this week is that uh, I'm going to say something, Robert, you're going to be, you've known me the longest of this panel. You're going to be stunned by what I have to say. I don't think that the Republicans are hypocrites. I do not find the party to be hypocritical because I think the party has in its actions made it very clear. Hypocrisy means that you like don't obey rules that you set for other people. And I think they've made very clear that their rule is we don't have to follow rules and there are different rules for everyone else. I think they are, you know, so many of my friends spend time getting on the internet, getting Mitch McConnell for writing bills behind do closed doors and then complaining that Schumer's doing the same. But I think they've made it very clear that they believe that they just have a different set of rules for themselves. And so case in point this week, uh, 50, uh, was it 45 uh, uh, Republican senators voted to say that they believed that trying former president Donald John Trump, feels very good to say, uh, was unconstitutional. <laughs> So uh, I don't think that he's going to be convicted in this impeachment trial. <laughs> um, Tom, you know, you, 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 I think you have stumbled on a major truth there. Um, the, the, uh, the, the, the Republican, or maybe he may be a former Republican at this point, uh, the, the strategist and campaign manager at one point, um, Stuart Stevens, uh, who is associated with it? He was associated with the Lincoln Project, but he was not like a founder. But but he 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 basically helped um, he helped put um, uh, get George W. Bush uh, elected in the two in the two thousand two thousand four and managed uh, Mitt Romney's twenty twelve campaign. And and he wrote a uh, he, he wrote a book um, last year called It Was All a Lie, uh, basically saying basically calling out the Republican Party for you know the so the so called uh, constitutional conservative party and all this other kind of stuff, uh, basically calling them out and. Yeah, you, as you said, you know, you, you you use the word you use the word hypocrisy. But if you never really believed it, if you never really believed it uh, in the first place, is it really hypocritical? You know, if if it turns out that you were 
just making this up all, all along. And, uh, and uh, when you actually have uh, as your own standard bearer and your, as your own president, somebody who uh, didn't care, um, ignored all the rules, was completely and totally in it for his own, his, his own self-enrichment or his family's self-enrichment. Uh, self and basically you're, you're saying by your, by your vote that uh, a, uh, a president can conceivably uh, do any kind of impeachable, uh, unconstitutional action within in, in the last uh, few weeks of this presidency, and uh, and the house can the house can impeach, but uh, if that person leaves, if that person leaves or quits or something, uh, there's no there's nothing that they that there's nothing that the Senate can do uh, to try and hold that person accountable, which is absurd um, on its face, but. This is what uh, this is what the you know 45 republic this is the principle you know quote unquote that uh, 45 45 republicans uh, basically sat down now one of the at least one of them robert Por uh, rob portman um, from ohio uh, who uh, also announced um, his that he's going to be he's going to be retiring at, at the end of um, at the end of this term and by the year. way announced he was retiring because he thought the senate was a place full of too much partisanship and gridlock where people put politics ahead of doing the right thing that's exactly no. right now, now he said and then proceeded to say Parker. i'm not going after donald trump i need to live <laughs> he said he now he, he says that uh uh his um his vote and this by the way was a um this was a procedural motion that um, that that uh, that Rand Paul, who is 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 um, just maybe one slight tier below Ted Cruz and Josh Hawley in terms of you know having like no no real integrity, uh, they had made the argument that uh, since Trump was no longer president, uh, you couldn't hold a you couldn't hold a trial for for the former president. Uh, Portman said. The reason why he sided with with Paul and and uh, the, the, all, all but other, all but five other Republicans was because he thought that it was an important constitutional question that needed to be hashed out ahead of time. But he was still, you know, holding out. He was still um, um, basically holding out to, to see how the actual trial um, um, and look at the actual evidence. To determine whether uh, he would um, he, whether he would find Trump guilty, which was which is, is about as squishy a, a, as a response as you can find. Uh, I I have a question. So I I'm a few days behind I think on this story because obviously coronavirus and a lot of other things have come to the top of the headlines. But weren't they also debating on whether or not they could use filibuster anymore? within the Senate and and the idea of whether or not they would need a supermajority on this vote versus just the regular majority isn't well, that well, well, yeah, 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 those well? Are, yeah, yeah those are two th those are two different things there there, there is this debate um about uh about the about the filibuster um whether to whether whether to keep it and there was a um there was a there was a big fight going on between um, majority leader Schumer, and he's majority leader because Biden is president and Kamala Harris um, as vice president gets to break ties. Um, there was a fight over uh, the organization of the Senate and in terms of who, is, who a committee, who are the committee chairs and, the, and, the, and how the committees 
are um, uh, are, are 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 assembled. Uh, the the sticking point was that um, um, Mitch McConnell um, was was making the argument that he would not approve any organizing rule for the Senate going forward. Uh, I mean, and they need you need 60 votes um, uh, to get the organizing rule passed, at, just like you need 60 votes to get most big um, uh, legislation passed. The, the, the point was that the Democrats, so the Democrats ahead of time had to say, the Democrats had to say ahead of time that um, they wouldn't um, they wouldn't um, end the end the filibuster rule. They would not um, they would not break up that sixty vote um, um, that sixty vote um, uh, margin. But that was completely separate from the okay. the impeachment vote. I want to just also just to clarify because this always confuses me. Sixty votes to end debate so that you can vote yes or no. You still only need a simple uh, fifty-one vote to win. Uh, gotcha. Another side debate that was going on that also in, overlaps here is that some people in the Senate are talking about instead of impeachment, invoking the Fourteenth Amendment on Donald Trump, which would bar him from running for office again for acts of insurrection against the country, and that is a simple, I think up and down vote like they, you don't need 60 votes to, for that to pass you just yeah let's just do that i think well it's two it's two things but it's you two things. need 60 votes to get it to the floor i believe well, well it's yeah it's, it's two things um uh, uh there are two ways to prove there would be two ways to conceivably prevent donald trump from running running again running again one would be for to convict him uh in the impeachment trial and then after that have a simple um there would be a simple majority vote to deny him from from running um, from from, uh, from running again. Uh, that that's the way impeachment impeachment works. It's a two it's a two process. Well, technically, you've got the actual impeachment indictment in the House, and then the trial in the Senate, conviction, and then a separate vote to say this person um, is disqualified from uh, running from office ever again ever again. Now, it should be clear here. Um, it's not always the case that uh, the Senate will will do will do both, and there's a good example of that um, uh, in terms of the in terms of the House. Um, Congressman Alcee Hastings, Hastings from Florida um, was uh, initially a federal judge who was impeached and removed from office. Um, but for reasons I don't know, they decided they, they, uh, they, there was no vote on whether he should be allowed to uh, run for office. And so a few years later, he then decided to run for the House and, and then the, the, rest is, the rest is history. So like that's believe a, the minute he won, like the House clerk was like, shit, that's what we were going to do. We were going <laughs> to vote to ban him. But it was Friday and we wanted to go home. Yeah, but, but right, but the fourteenth, the fourteenth amendment um, is the other option you have in terms of trying to, uh, in terms of voting somebody to, to 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 prevent somebody from running for office again. Uh, that has not really been invoked though since the Civil War, and uh, I think that would be that would be a lot more constitutionally fraught than the than the impeachment round. So can I ask, what would be the actual punishment now that? Trump is out of office to be impeached by the Senate, what would, what would the consequence be of that if then they didn't move forward with enacting the 14th Amendment? The con I'd be, if I'm not mistaken, I believe the consequences are twofold, which is they do want to get to that vote to deny him to run for ever running again. But then also, 
let that standing of him being convicted be something that can be used in other trials against him and court proceedings against him, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. So it's like- not, not official standing, but just sort of like as, you know, evidence that can be put into those situations as well. But no fines, no jail time, like no community <laughs> service. Like it's literally just like you've been impeached. It's just like a- It could you know, impact But doesn't post- it strip him of like, I'm sorry. so sorry. No, no, no. no. Okay. Yeah, I think I think there's a, there can be some impact on the post presidency, you know, perks that the presidents yes. have. I, I'm not that the, uh, there's been a little bit of confusion there, and I wasn't quite able to sort it all out. But I mean, it might impact. Uh, you can you I can think, strip him. Yeah, you can strip him of the you 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 can strip him of uh, the. I think it's a. I think he uh, former presidents get like a. Two hundred thousand um, dollar uh, stipend and plus security and travel expenses and all the other kind of stuff and yes, all of that, all of that can be stripped. For I don't all think you call it. I hate that they. I know that. I know it is officially called a stipend, but I'm like anything more than three figures is not a stipend. <laughs> like, no, I'm like, I would love such a stipend. My stipend was like sixty bucks. Let's can we call yeah. that? <laughs> <laughs> and I know it is legally called a stipend, but it's like oh, I just get this. Paltry two hundred and fifty thousand a year stipend. <laughs> Actually, you, uh, I guess it, I guess technically it's a um, um, I guess it's a you know I, I'm, I'm sorry it's actually it's actually more accurately called a pension. I mean it was basically yeah. a, a two hundred thousand dollar pension. That's you know? true. All the work he's done. Yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> that we are paying as taxpayers. Yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah. We're yeah. also paying for security. Impeach for that security. motherfucker. Yeah, no, <laughs> no. Uh, Shannon, what, what you were you had a, you had another question. Oh, I was just going to say it strips him of like his travel money and like yeah. his security detail. And I, I but okay. So well, he, he, was, he would still, he would still, he would still have a, he would still have a security detail, but he would not have a, um, uh, he would not have the travel, he would not have travel, um, travel cash. Oh, he also doesn't get a library if they do it, I believe. The library? Like, like part of it. I'm not so sure because I think, because libraries are usually, um, are usually f- funded primarily by private by private donations. So it's a problem. Um, I don't know. I read it somewhere, yeah. but I mean, I, someone's going to pay for but, it. Anyway. But you know, well, but, but, but you I was going to say what well, I imagine because I think the actual operating expenses are covered in part by the public. Uh, mm. So I imagine maybe it has something to do with funding that operation. Like, but yeah, can we get him like a premium Pornhub account and call it a day? <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't want a library anyway. He's never. Heard. Look, no one's doing anything. Uh, look, I've been to Staten Island Borough Hall. We can just give him half of that. <laughs> um, Jimmy Otto won't care. Anyway, um, uh, uh, so let's let's talk then. How, how, I want to talk more just about what it felt to watch that because I, I kind of felt at first I'm sort of numb to politics at this point. I was like, oh, of course. And I was actually kind of surprised that five Republicans came over. I expected same thing with the the House vote where I expected fewer than the number that voted uh, to vote. I was kind of surprised that uh, you know that Pat Toomey, who I think is, uh, I mean he's retiring, but I've always kind of viewed as like just like the as as Republican uh, a wet blanket as they come. Uh, ben Sass, who is like just every guy I know who the first time they read the Constitution was like, you don't understand. You know, the, the kind of guy who the first time he learned about water would be like, have you had water? You probably <laughs> never heard of it. And you're like, yeah, Ben, I know what water is. Everyone does. Anyway, I was surprised that they that they stood up, but I still was also, you know, in the moment, I was like, of course. But as the days went on, I found myself very discouraged by the vote, just from the standpoint of I don't expect, I did not expect 
conviction to come. Like, I think 18 is too far. But just the fact that that this basically was like, yeah, I think it's unconstitutional. And if you pushed any of them on why, they'd be like, because I can't deal with this guy sending his people after me. Like, any, it's constitutional in that we've done it before. We've, we've you know, tried former, former elected, uh, former, I guess, uh, federal branch appointees after the fact, after they've left office. It happened in the Civil War. It's happened before. And to hear them just be like, this is unconstitutional. Why? I got to go. There's, I need a, I'm at a thing. It was just very, it, it, because Trump's gone, I think there's this instinct to be like, hey, the scary times are over. But to me, that is a very dangerous thing to say something is unconstitutional. Like, even if these people still decide to vote not guilty in a few weeks, the fact that, like, but had voted, you know, no, this is not unconstitutional, I would be less worried than I am right now, I guess is what I'm getting at. Uh, and Rex, let's start with you. What, what are your, your feelings off of this? Uh, yeah, this yeah it's a, I, I agree with what you're saying. I, you know, I think that a lot of us, I, you know, certainly liberal, but also I think a decent number of conservatives perhaps did felt like what happened on January 6th was perhaps an inflection point in this whole nightmare. Uh, and that, okay, you know, the, the, <laughs> the Rubicon has now been crossed. Like this is okay. We've been fucking around for four years here and it's gotten crazier and crazier and crazier and more dangerous and just untoward. Uh, and now here, you know, five people, six people now, I guess, are dead. You know, a cop got killed. I mean, this is the U.S. Capitol. Got, you know, they're like spreading poop in the halls of the U.S. Capitol. I mean, this is insanity. Uh, this is where it ends, right? This is where people maybe we we take that sort of swing back to some form of sanity. Um, fools that we are. Uh, I think a lot of us thought that. And I think what we're seeing now is a the the. Um, the draw of of the Trump wing of the of the party, whatever, or, the, or at least Trump's base, is is so damn significant that the the these lawmakers are just not breaking out of it. They just don't see the upside to it, and they don't have the sense of decency or or even really patriotism at this point. I would say to 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 move on and and actually do the right thing and and grow a spine, um, and then also uh, they're just. The, the they also believe i think and it's been i think it's because we laid the groundwork over the past four years that it was always the same cycle you know something bonkers happens everybody's appalled even some republicans and then it just kind of they, they start come spinning it stupid ways that certain people will believe and then it just goes away and they get past it and then the next thing happens and, and that's how this is always just continually escalated and it seems like it's happening again. And frankly, I, I am surprised, you know, I feel like I should never be surprised at anything ever again for the rest of my life, but <laughs> I am surprised that this, you know, actual domestic terrorism attack in the US Capitol that killed a police officer uh, is just being whitewashed basically by the GOP at this, most of the GOP anyway, at this point. And, and that's a perfect, that's a perfect word for it, by the way, whitewashed. Yeah, exactly. I have to say, though, I'm not surprised at all. And I will say, going back to what you were talking about, about hypocrisy, I actually, as someone who has also been a lifelong Democrat and incredibly liberal, I think both parties are actually really guilty of, and this has become, I think, even more evident over the last four years, of holding the 
Hardy's power as the highest priority above all things. Yeah. I mean, look, quite honestly, I, I think we all knew Biden didn't want to run. Like, he's old. He's tired. Like, he was basically forced to run, I think. I mean, this is my theory, by the DNC because they knew he was the one that was going to be able to have the highest likelihood of winning and taking back the administration and because he happens to hit that nice like little, little like moderate area and we know how many supporters trump and and uh the gop still have across the country that was very apparent in this election and i think um to me i was actually more surprised that even any of the republicans said no this is enough like with the with the insurrection at the capitol i mean maybe i'm i'm a little dulled from seeing how my friends and community were treated during the Black Lives Matter protests over the summer and how absolutely horrific the treatment of our citizens was while we were trying to peacefully march for human rights and like and racial justice and then to see how this insurrection happened was just kind of like yeah that's exactly what I kind of expected from this country and and it sucks I'm not happy with it at all by any means but I think um it, it makes total sense because I think at the end of the day Trump was the wagon people hitched themselves to because he was the one who was winning. He's the one who won. He's the one who has these kind of this kind of cult-like following now. They're going to do whatever they can to please their constituents and stay in power and keep their pockets lined. At the end of the day, our politicians are looking out for themselves. Some may have more stronger values than others, and other people are doing it in more subtle, different ways. But I mean, I'm just like, knock down the whole house of cards. Let's start over. It's my theory. I said that last year. I'm sticking to it. Yeah, <laughs> makes sense. Shannon, argue with it really. <laughs> Shannon, your 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 thoughts on on the vote as well. Um, yeah, I'm kind of like with you guys. I I really, I was actually surprised that five of them were like, mm, no. Um, but I, I do I do think that Kate's right. I mean, they, they really are looking out for themselves, and and I think at the end of the day, they are what what their motives are is that when they leave office let's say in four years, six years, however long they have, if they don't get reelected, they want a place to go that they will make a ton of money. And the, the, the Trump base is known to spend a lot of money on these people who side with their racism and side with their immoral approach to life. And that's going to make them money. So really it has nothing to do with the country or the constitution. And saying it's unconstitutional is an easy thing to throw around. That is simple that people kind of go, yeah, you're right. It is unconstitutional. Yeah, I, I can't so. explain to you why, <laughs> but that's an easy term to throw around yeah. that they're like, yeah, I'm on board with that because this constitution's a thing and Makes I know sense. it's a thing and yeah. I, I think things are things. And so they like, you know, it's easy to hit your wagon to it. And so I, I I don't know if they actually believe that it's unconstitutional, but they do believe that it's easy for people to understand what unconstitutional means well, well, in an ethereal setting. Well, well they, tr they, they try to, um, I, I mean, going to your point, Shannon, they, 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 they depend on the, 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 the ignorance of their base and the ignorance of the broader, of the broader republic, of the, 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 the broader republic and the public. Uh, when they use, when they, it's, it's very funny uh, to see um, Republicans, elected Republicans, uh, who, who should know how these constitutional processes actually work. They say, well, they will use phrases like, well, you can't, uh, you, you can't impeach a, um, 
uh, a, a, you can't impeach a former a former president because you know what what's gonna you know what's gonna be going on next? You're gonna be uh, impeaching uh, you, know, you know George Washington or impeaching Jimmy Carter and all. Let's this get other him. Stuff. Let's get Carter. I'm in. All this, all all this other kind of stuff. But the, the 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 fact is, I want to see him. We're talking. We're talking about we're talking about uh, a we're talking about a trial. He's already he was impeached um, because of actions he did as president, and he was impeached while he was while he was president. Uh, and now the, the and the question is, can the can the Senate um, hold a trial and assess him on those actions that he did as president? And it's I mean it, and it's absurd. That um, the, the Republicans would think um, would think anything different would 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 try and suggest, suggest that um, that they don't have any power or it, it's a it's a moot point because again as, as I said earlier on uh, you're making you're 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 creating the precedent or you're creating the grounds for basically any any president who has lost an election or is in you know or is in the last couple of weeks um, a couple of weeks or a month or so of um, of of his term. Uh, or her term go, go going forward, uh, and they they basically can do can do anything they want, um, and there's 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 absolutely no there's absolutely no consequences. It's, I didn't think about it that way, but you're right. Like the the it is almost as if like imagine if the CEO of a Fortune 500 company like you know instigated a riot at his company, <laughs> people got killed. Uh, and then he was indicted, and then the company fired him. And the judge was, or the the, the defense attorneys were like, uh, "You should throw this out. He doesn't have that job anymore. <laughs> like, the crime still happened." I will say, in terms of to Kate's point about them looking out for themselves, here's a thing that does cut both ways. I will give not. I'm not going to give them credit because they're evil, but I do think Republicans are making a calculated bet, and it's not a bad one that regardless of how people feel about Trump, they don't really want to go through a trial. They don't want to deal with this guy anymore. Uh, and that, and they're just trying to set themselves up as the ones who tried to throw this mess out early. And Democrats are playing a similar tune in delaying that trial. Uh, I will not be surprised if the House votes on a huge rescue package and they pushed out that messaging on, like, say, the same day that the trial starts. <laughs> like, that I suspect that would smart. be a thing that they will be doing. Because I think everyone, and this is, you can see this in how the Biden administration is handling things as well, you know, the Democratic Party, you know, recognizes this is a thing that might have to get done, but they don't want to be in front of it really either. They want, they know the public probably cares more about COVID recovery than this, and they want to be the ones holding that mantle too. Well, I, 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 there, there is some truth to that, Tom, but I, I think um, Democrats also realize that uh, if they do this, I mean, they have to kind of thread a needle. But if they do this right, they might be able to. Uh, this could be a this could be a win-win because yeah. on the one on the, on the one hand, uh, the the public wants to see results. They want to see uh, the COVID um, relief package um, pushed through. Um, they they there's they want to people do want to move beyond um, the Trump um, the Trump years uh, uh, to, to the extent that they can. But at the same time, um, I think Democrats also realize that um, there's nothing quite, um, uh, there's not a stronger contrast than the, the smooth, um, you know, you know, a return of the no drama Obama, except in this case, Biden, um, smooth, uh, basic day-to-day, -day, basic day-to-day -day competence coming from Biden. Meanwhile, you have, uh, you know, the the steaming um, turd, uh, dumpster turd um, uh, of, of the of the Trump 
of the Trump administration of the Trump administration. And uh, as each, I mean, as each day has gone by, we we we, we see more and more information um, about the attack on the, uh, on, the, the on the Capitol, um, what Trump was doing in the days ahead um, to uh, to it uh, to in, uh, to encourage it. What he did on the day of, while it was while it was going on, and uh, you, you know, you you might end up seeing, as as we said, we're not going to be getting 17 to convict, but we might be getting, you know, we might be getting a few more who 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 are suddenly reminded about how awful that day was. And alternatively, for the Democrats, like there is there, exactly as you said, there could be a big win to be had in a month from now every American is getting a stimulus check from the Democrats and they have really pumped up a vaccine plan while they have watched on TV the Republican Party acquit the man who tried to kill them in the Senate and who botched the vaccine rollout pretty badly. Like, that's not a bad place to be, in theory. Uh, all it depends on is Democrats having good political instincts and seizing a moment with messaging. So, problem <laughs> solved. We got this. <laughs> It's yeah. going to be great. Speaking of dumpster turd. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's right. unconstitutional versus, did you notice the small percent change inside all of the FPCs on our new Quasic plan? <laughs> um, uh, that does, we didn't, you know, I'm, I'm sorry, we didn't talk about this before we hopped on, but I do think one thing that is worth noting, uh, I believe it was this week, it might have been last week, weeks are bleeding together for me right now, uh, that the news came out that uh, basically the Biden administration uh, seized upon the Trump vaccine rollout plan to improve it and discovered that there was in fact no plan. <laughs> in place to get the vaccine out. The Jared. So, <laughs> yeah, Jared screwed us again. <laughs> <Go sure. laughs> uh, it's just like a crayon drawing with like vaccine and then arrows. Drawing of a bunch of vaccine needles, a question mark, and then a drawing of people happy. That was the plan. People should, have gotten underpants the, gnome. people should have gotten the clue uh, that with, with the, you know, they should have kind of realized that, you know, the former president's, um, that the former president's son-in-law's, you know, initials are JK, you know, that should have been, <laughs> <Pretty good. laughs> that, that should have been a clue right there. Uh. It's not yeah, a, we're ready. Joke. <laughs> so, so, and then this week, Joe Biden announced that uh, making a major investment in, uh, I believe it was the Moderna vaccine or the Pfizer one, one of the two, uh, to try and both. something in the realm of 200 million more doses in the next hundred days. Um, so, uh, so, so that's good. Uh, but worth, you know, again, like worth remembering that we are in a tough spot right now because. Uh, because a former president didn't do anything in the last couple of months, <laughs> which is just, you know, I'll give him this. It's probably what I would have done in the last few months of my job. Um, Pretty, you know, I have a hard time getting past. I was just thinking about this last night, actually. Just every like couple days or so, it kind of hits me where I'm like, you know, we've lost, is that, what are we up to now? Is it full, like 400,000? It's over 400,000. Yeah, we're over 400,000 deaths. And we're, we're, we're doing so remarkably bad among, you know, developed nations or whatever the term is, you know, uh, I mean, staggering, like it's a, it, it's a global embarrassment and 400,000 deaths. I mean, it's insane. And I, and, you know, it just like, that just kind of rolls up, like nobody's that 
I don't know. I mean, for, like he's done all these horrible things. We're talking about impeachment for the for the insurrection in the Capitol, which we should be. But the oh, like, how do you just sort of let the four hundred thousand dead slide with just the complete, <laughs> complete yeah. incompetence? You know, it just I feel like that is underplayed somehow in terms of, of feels just like a war like, crime in a way. Yeah, yeah, it's, right. I, mean, it's just, I think it's, it's like it's staggering. just so staggering that we can barely comprehend it. It's too big almost yeah, to, right. to feel yeah, about. That's it. Just like I guess, and and uh, my I was speaking with my sister this week who made a quick reminder that. Uh, I think in the early briefings back when Trump said this would be gone in a week or so, that even I think like the Fauci's of the world were saying like, if this gets bad, we could lose as many as 250,000 people or 125,000 people or something like that. That was the worst case scenario. And it is staggering and heartbreaking. I'm curious, has anyone on this in, in this panel gotten, I don't know the rules where y'all live, been able to get vaccinated yet or anything like that? Still not yet, right? No, yeah. I'm in the first group, but I keep looking and refreshing my feed every day to find out where to get it, but I, I can't seem to. Mm. And that's the that's the craziest part to me. And like I by I think by all means, like I don't want to oversimplify a vaccine rollout. Like they're hard. They're really hard. Uh, a country this rich <laughs> should not be that and this smart. You know, I think we kind of you know, we, I'm quick to be cynical about this country, but we've got some of the smartest minds and some of the most ability to get this everywhere. And, uh, you know, Robert, you made this point a few times that like, if there's one thing that Donald Trump could have credibly taken a victory lap on, it was that the vaccine was done in such quick record time. And in turn, like, you know, part of why, like, I won't give him credit, but like, I'll say part of why it worked is because he kind of just got out of the way and let the experts handle it. He also was well positioned to get out of the way and let experts handle a logistics plan to distribute and could have been doing that. And right now, like, think about it right now, an impeachment trial could be going on and America could be like, look, you got to give it to Trump. He got the vaccines to people. And, uh, and yet, not the case. It's, he could have gotten out of the way and let the experts handle the coronavirus yes, from the beginning. Yeah, well, and that's and that's why that's what's so stunning about the vaccine is that like he demonstrated he could do that if <laughs> and, and he just didn't want to. Yeah, well, I mean, because um, uh, after he did the, you know, he's like the, um, you know, he, he's like the the ringmaster of the circus, you know, uh, he, he would he, he he he's he's most comfortable, you know, introducing introducing the acts, you know, you know, watch, you know, here's the lion tamer over here, and this one's over here, and so forth. But as soon, as, but by the time the election um, rolled around. Uh, even though, even though weeks before, you know, he had he, he had uh, boasted about uh, Operation Warp Speed and things like that. Once the election rolled around and it was clear that he wasn't going to win, he was going to do everything he could, uh, all of his energy, you know, a hundred percent of his energy was focused on figuring out how to overturn uh, overturn the election, and he didn't really give a damn about um, uh, any anything else. And so he's a classic know. narcissist. I mean, at the end of the day, all he ever has cared about is himself, how he looks, his popularity, his power, his means to wealth. I mean, and so of course, like the only reason he might have even done anything positive in regards to the vaccine or the virus was to serve himself. So it makes well, total sense that he would have kind of spiraled out of control over the last few weeks. And that's the thing though, like <laughs> he's a narcissist and he's also like, he is smarter than I think he is, but he's still pretty dumb because I think a smart narcissist would have been like, here's what I'm gonna do. 
I'm going to nail this vaccine rollout, and then I'm going to run against this guy in four years, and then I'll be back, and, and vengeance will be mine because I'm yeah. the greatest guy. Not a strategist. Uh, speaking of, of crazy people who might be narcissists, let's talk about the representative from Georgia's 14th, Marjorie Taylor Greene. Uh, representative Greene this week uh, in some hot water uh, as videos surfaced of her accosting uh, the Parkland survivors. Uh, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, it was either a tweet or uh, uh, where where she either agreed with or perhaps if I'm I'm making sure I read this right, it sounds like a joke. Uh, asserted that Jews control a giant space laser that causes the forest fires in the West Coast, which if first that part's of all, technically accurate, but okay, go ahead. <laughs> if the Jewish people control a giant space laser, I feel like. <laughs> <laughs> this would be a different world. <laughs> um, I've requested that my it. vaccine be administered via giant uh, Jewish space laser. I like <laughs> exactly. I take and, that. And look, if you look back <laughs> on your world history, there's a few groups that have earned a giant space laser, and I would say the Jewish people are at the top of that list or close <laughs> to it. Uh, and uh, all of this led to a lot of a lot of other controversial things that she said. There's so many terrible things to 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 mention. Uh, and uh, she's having a, a meeting with with leader Kevin McCarthy on Monday, uh, who you know even Republicans and conservatives have criticized her. Uh, Robert, uh, you know I think uh, you you shared on Twitter a thread from from conservative columnist uh, radio host rather Eric Erickson on her uh, on on Marjorie Taylor Greene's ascent because there's been a lot of like ooh how did this person get here and a thing he really highlighted was the fact that she ran at a competitive eight way eight way primary. And there was almost no, you know, opposition research on her. All this stuff was out there and pretty public. It's just on her Twitter feed. Right. Uh, and well, no one brought it up. This is a very conservative district in uh, northwest, uh, uh, northwest section of, um, of, of Georgia. Uh, and uh, she, she's had a big... A very rural district, too. Very not, rural without district. a lot of media service or a lot of media, not, not a ton of media... Uh, it's the same. It, it's it's the same. It's the same district, um, um, actually, where um, where Trump um, staged his um, his rally um, right before uh, the Georgia right before the Georgia runoff, and there was some analysis of um, of turnout um, uh, in, the, in across the state, and it showed that the the biggest the, the biggest drop in Republican turnout from uh, the from the November election to the January runoff was in that dis was in that district and they think they and that they think they that um, that Trump's claiming that the November election was stolen had an outsized um, impact on the on the voters in that district but um, to your uh, to your point yeah uh, as 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 Eric Erickson was saying uh, you know he has I think he's got two radio. He's got a. He's got one radio um, show in the morning, and then a and then a shorter one. He's got a drive time one um, in the after in the in the afternoon, and he said that you know he was surprised that uh, uh, he wasn't getting any. He never got any kind of um, opposition research on Marjorie Taylor uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene uh, from any of the other uh, from any of the other uh, Republicans running in that running in that district. Part of the problem was because she had a, a, a larger social media media following. Uh, there was a realization amongst the other candidates that 
she, uh, she was going to get a, uh, she would make a runoff, um, um, she would make, she, she would get one of the slots in a, in a, uh, in a runoff in, in, for that particular, for that particular district. So uh, the other, the other candidates were basically beating up on each other uh, to, to try and uh, get to, uh, to basically um, be the other person in the, in the, in, in the runoff. And so they almost kind of ignored her beat each and, and, and beat each other up. And then, you know, she wins, she wins the runoff and the, 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 the Democrats uh, ran like a kind of a, kind of a, kind of a token, a token candidate um, who, um, he ended up he ended up withdrawing them before um before election day so she you know she, we had, do it. she had a she ended up having a she ended up having a free, having having a, having a free run um part of i mean i think a legitimate concern that both that republicans and democrats are going to have is that um uh as much as um the, the the outside public, um, as much as Democrats and media and, and so forth, you know, recognize it, recognize her um, as a uh, as a as a kook. Um, there's no reason to believe that uh, even a well-funded uh, a well-funded Republican running against her um, is going to have any particular kind of an advantage. So uh, unless unless the the um, uh, the House decides to expel her, and they would need two-thirds. They would need two-thirds margin, which means they need to get seventy-some Republican votes to expel expel her. Um, I think she's going to be. I think she's going to be there for. She's going to be there for a while, and she'll be. She'll be. A, she'll be an embarrassment um, to the Republicans and an embarrassment to uh, to the Congress. But uh, there's no reason to believe that she's going to. She's going to be going anywhere. Say what you want about the Republicans. Their last major racist, crazy embarrassment was Steve King. Now they've brought in a woman, so that's a little bit of progress. They're moving diversity, in the right direction. Diversity, diversity, bro. <laughs> Say what you want about it. Uh, thoughts, thoughts on Representative Taylor Green from 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 the panel. Uh, uh, Shannon, we'll start with you. Thoughts on on the the many the many mis mishaps she got into this week before she sent around a huge fundraising email that I'm sure did very well for her. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, she's a Looney Tune. I don't know really what else to say about her. I, I will. I do have one question, though. I mean, has she done? I mean, she's crazy. And please don't get me wrong. I hate her and, and everything that she said. She said some really terrible things uh, about uh, regarding using disability terms uh, in very derogatory ways uh, this week, which was just heartbreaking to hear uh, a representative use that terminology. Um, but has she done anything illegal besides maybe giving the the people tours the day before the insurrection? I I, I don't think uh, that's a good question. Um, I don't think um, she, she's she, she she's done anything that can be considered illegal. I, but again, the, there's that big caveat as to the the, the tours on January fifth and whether. Whether that was, you know, whether she was, whether she knew these were people who were going to assault the Capitol, or whether she had thought it was, you know, she was just, um, you know, doing a, doing a, doing tours for constituents who were, who were coming to D.C. to peacefully protest. We we don't we don't um, we we don't um, we we don't know that um, so far. Um, Obviously, she's got you know she's got all of these the, the crazy um, QAnon um, uh, theories um, that are out there. But as to whether she's done 
uh, anything that, that, that crosses the, the, the legality. Um, the legality line, um, I, I, you're right. I, it's not something I can actually say that um, has, has, uh, uh, has, has happened. But, but though, in, in fairness, um, the, the House has the power to say that um, we feel such and such a person brings disgrace to the house and they um uh, and they, they're not allowed to um they're, they're not allowed to be a, um to be a member they do have the they've got that they've got the power they've got the power to say that but even if they throw somebody out there's nothing to stop there's nothing to stop her uh from running for the seat again and uh, they would have to go through the whole process the, the whole process again if um her constituents um, um, um elect her again well, do you think that she's like leaning into this hardcore in the way that like um, uh, Tommy Laren and those kind of people like, do, do you think that she truly believes this stuff or do you think that she's playing a character? Because I tend to, I tend to want to believe that people are smarter than that and that they are playing this character and that they, that they've fallen into this role. But I, I honestly, I, I do think though that she believes it and that she's part of this cult and she's been brainwashed. Um, but I don't know. I, I like, how do you run for public office and not have some sort of, you know what? I, I answered my own question. <laughs> you, know? well, you run in a, you run in a really small rural section of Georgia <laughs> without, a, gonna... without a lot of news media yeah. to provide and local media. To... It's really smart, actually. I was going to say, you know, it kind of boggles my mind that for as corrupt as a lot of our police institutions are in this country, like you still have to have a psych evaluation and 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 be vetted by a third party you have to go through background checks like does is any of that mandated for our nation's representatives like okay come on crazy Shannon said you know to ask the question is to answer it you know <laughs> like, I, don't, I, don't, I, I don't understand yeah, I mean, like you I, have to guess their mental state based off the qualities of 30 second advertisements that come up every four years around september through november <laughs> complete lunacy to me like this is why we're in these situations like there needs to be at least some sort of basic like aptitude tests and psych evaluation before we have these people who are in charge of passing our laws and bills and, and acts that affect our day-to-day -day lives and our finances, like, and our health. I, I, that just like, I wish her all the best, you know? Like, that's I think the phrase they use down those parts is, um, is bless her heart. Yes, bless <laughs> her heart, bless her, <laughs> GD heart, yeah. Uh, <laughs> next, your thoughts on representative green I would, well just like two two or things on <laughs> what everybody's been talking i grew up in florida um and uh, yeah thank you uh and florida is basically just like you know georgia with more tourists and more swamps but uh it, it i i i agree like i think tommy laren is playing a role i think or lauren however you pronounce it and i think sean Hannity. like i think most of those uh, sort of Fox News people and, and a lot of the right wing squawkers on, on radio are, are all they might buy into some of their own bullshit a little bit, but they're largely, I think, you know, making money and playing a game. Uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene is the real thing, I think, and I, because I think she is that crazy. And I say that because I've met and known lots of people who male and female, like not, you know, the, who fit that sort of like, this, ooh, you know, holy crap, your cheese slid off your cracker long ago. But anyway, uh, so I think she's a real legit nutter. Um, uh, but <laughs> the thing with um, 
and here here I am being mildly optimistic again, I guess. But you know, the one thing that I do think is 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 going to happen, and I say this, I, I covered the um, execution of Timothy McVeigh, the Oklahoma City bomber, uh, back whenever that was, a decade or more ago, when I was with the AP, and I spent about a year writing about that case, you know, that case, and um, just a lot about the the extremism that the, the the Oklahoma City bombing kind of bubbled up from. Uh, you know, it was a little bit different. McVeigh was a, a lone wolf. Uh, he had been sort of attached loosely to some militia people and stuff, but he wasn't like a, you know, it, he wasn't like part of the QAnon of the time necessarily. So it was a little, there was a little bit of difference. But anyway, you know, after Oklahoma City, uh, the militia movement, which had been very fervent uh, around that time, um, went poof. I mean, it went underground, like the feds, the feds had been kind of monitoring that extremism and they were dug in a little bit with some of these militia groups, but, but they missed McVeigh obviously. Um, and they cracked down, you know, like crazy. And, and the militia movement really, in part because of, you know, some militia people were honestly appalled at what had happened and some got sort of snapped into like, holy shit, this is crazy. Uh, some just got scared because most of them were just chicken shits in the first place. Um, and then also the feds just, you know, like they, they were not messing around anymore. So I think that w when it comes to what happened at the Capitol, I think we're going to, I think there's a lot more to come on that. I think that the investigation into that, especially with a, a new administration now, that's going to be a lot, uh, taking it a lot more seriously. I think we're going to see more. and I think we're going to learn a lot more about how that all, how that was precipitated. And I think that, um, the, you know, the days of treating, um, domestic terrorist groups or whatever you want to call them uh, extremists uh with any kind of like kid gloves is 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 over you know in other words the way the trump administration was downplaying them i think the biden administration is going to take it a lot more seriously and so i think it's in those areas where you might see some knucklehead like taylor green getting tripped up because she's clearly waltzing around with all of these People. We don't know what she did as far as that tour goes. Maybe there's something there. Maybe there's not. Yeah. But someone like her, I could certainly see being um, careless. And, and you know, it's. It, I mean, it's just. It's like this white privilege times. You know, on on steroids, where they. You know, they don't. They think they can do anything. You know, right? They don't think anybody. You know, this is my country. I can do what I want. Meh, 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 meh. I'm going to storm the Capitol. I deserve to do whatever. You know. And I think that that might wind up burning her and some of the other people that are, are, are sort of either knee deep in or, or at least mucking around the perimeter of, of QAnon and of, of other extremist stuff. Because I don't think, when the feds get serious about stuff, like real serious about stuff, then the shit starts hitting the fan pretty fast and, and you start to see uh, people flipping and you know, it just, it, it can yeah. snowball. So I think that's a, poss a real possibility. Your point, uh, your, your point about uh, you know this, uh, the, 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 we're in this uh, era of uh, white privilege on steroids. Uh, um, I think is quite apt. Um, it's a great article in, um, in in Politico, and I believe the um, um, I believe the, uh, the the writer is a former colleague of mine from when I was at the Post in the New York Post, uh, Tara Palmieri. Uh, she. Uh, she followed um, uh, Florida Congressman Matt Gates to you know this uh, a, a, this uh, this anti 
Liz Cheney event that, uh, that, he, that uh, rally. I just want to pause very quickly. The look on Shannon DeVito's face when you said the words Matt Gates. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> for anyone listening. It's a very it's visceral like, reaction you just, whenever yeah. you say his name. You just died I'm, inside. Go I'm ahead, sure, Robert. I'm, I'm sorry. Shannon, I apologize. I, sh I should have given a I should have given hey. a trick warning at the beginning. I, I apologize, you know. My okay, you know for yeah. next time. Yeah, I'll know for next time. Uh, but but uh but 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 you know he 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 he's not the he's not the point here. The point is the reporting that um that the Palmieri did the Palmieri did. Where she went, um, all, she went around um, Wyoming. Uh, went around. Excuse me. Went around um, uh, Cheney's Cheney's district, and uh, which actually, I'm thinking of Wyoming, may, that may actually be a um, that may be an at large. It's, one, so it's a, at large seat. Yeah. At large. Right. So it is. She she's basically congresswoman for the entire the entire state, and she you know, she went out to these diners and looking to, talking to all these people uh, about about uh cheney and her vote to uh, her vote in support of impeachment and she could find hardly anybody there who was supportive of of, of cheney almost all of them were f uh, fully and totally in the trump camp but it went beyond it went beyond that um several people um refused to talk to her um because she was wearing a mask um, um a whole many of them uh, most of the people she talked to um, said that they would they, they would not um, uh, they would not get the vaccine. Uh, um, they all thought that you know that the the impeachment the impeachment was the, the impeachment thing was completely and totally uh, totally absurd. And yeah, and there was um, you know there was support for um, you know that congressman who shall not be named, but that, 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 that's, that, that stunt, the, the stunt that he was, that he was pulling um, and this urging to either, um, uh, the, the, uh, urging that either she, A, you know, lose her leadership position in the House, and B, uh, you know, to, su this, uh, to support uh, any, any um, primary challenger that she's, that she's inevitably going to face. So you know this is um, you know, the, the, so th this is the reward that this is the reward that being um, bold and brave and trying to stand up to um, Trumpism um, gets you in uh, in today's Republican Party. Can you really believe that we are now in a world where the Republican Party is divided and yelling at Dick Cheney's daughter for being too moderate? Like, <laughs> what fucked up universe are we in? Like, I just remember when Dick Cheney was like the devil, like everything was so bad back. Oh man, how far we've yeah. come. What a world. How far we've come. Uh, I think an interesting thing, Rex, you were talking about the, the Oklahoma City bomber and that, and use the word lone, you know, sort of lone, uh, lone wolf character. And I think what we run into a lot with these sort of extremist groups is we kind of, we can make the mistake of assuming they're all these lone wolves. And like the lone wolves are generally just the members of this extremist belief that we learn about because they do something crazy and violent and get killed for it. But, you know, I think we, a thing that's made me anxious in the Trump years and is still keeping me nervous now is we're finding more and more, you know, normal people uh, who are part of government or part of everyday life who, you know, subscribe to these beliefs as well. And I think I was thinking about hearing all these stories from the Capitol of, you know, members of Congress, of the House refusing to go through metal detectors and bringing their guns onto the floor in protest. And, you know, to your question, Shannon, like, are they, is it an act? Is it not? Part of me thinks, yeah, maybe it is an act, but even so, and, you know, to take it out of red America and put it into blue America, a thing I've been thinking about as these stories have gone on, 
you know, San Francisco City Councilman Harvey Milk was killed by a fellow city, shot and killed by a fellow city councilman. Uh, here in New York City, we've talked about this a few times on this show, council member James Davis shot and killed by a rival for his, you know, who ran against or was going to run against him for his seat in City Hall. You know, uh, I don't know if it's an act or not, but, you know, there's no reason to believe that. I, I guess, you know, I'm someone who always used to be like, there's no reason to believe these people are all crazy, but they're just putting on an act. But the more you look back at your history and the more you look at how extremist groups can be insidious, I feel there's no reason to not believe. And in fact, there's a lot of evidence that we could be in for a very dangerous term for the House of Representatives this, 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 uh, this cycle. I mean, you repeat something enough, you believe it, right? I mean, I'm sure Daniel Day-Lewis totally thought it was his milkshake at some point with all this method <laughs> acting. I think also something that's so interesting is that like we, I keep saying this, but obviously this, I don't see this happening in the short term, but maybe my hope for the long term is that more accountability and more safety measures and, and processes coming into play. Like the fact that in the private sector, which, you know, the government talks about how public and private is supposed to be separate. They also talk about how church and state is supposed to be separate. We all know that's not the reality in our country on both sides. Um, I think, you know, the fact that if you make racist remarks or if you are hateful online, you can get fired from your job. And that's a completely reasonable thing to expect nowadays that happens. Um, the fact that we have actual representatives, uh, elected officials, not being held responsible for their words and actions online as individuals and that there's no kind of process there is no boss to go to and say hey that's inappropriate you're not representing this company our country well enough you, you know we're letting you go is ridiculous i'm hoping i mean obviously technology is constantly evolving and changing and i think the wheels of big government obviously turn very slowly but i'm hoping with the capital insurrection and subsequent things that have been going on as well as past things that we maybe the government can start to actually think about this stuff and put some kind of fail safes into place for you know, across the aisle just to have a little bit more accountability for our officials but i'm also an optimist so i don't know well the way i like sorry go ahead shannon um i i don't even know if this is possible but um is there a way to have an outside like like an outside hr hold these people <laughs> accountable i mean that's like a like a, that's an insane thing to say out loud that's the constitutional um, amendment at a human resources department but like, like why not in america i love like, it is that something that we can do like have have a, a like a government entity that we create that's like outsiders that that we essentially hire to come in and hold these people accountable like is that something that we could even possibly think about or do i just live in this weird world where i've created this illusion in my brain where things are great <laughs> i don't know but i'm imagining someone like just a just a middle manager with a polo shirt and a clipboard yeah. with marjorie taylor green and half of her constituents <laughs> doing a mediation session i mean if this nothing scary, else this, we write this, that sketch maybe some sexual this, harassment training yeah. This, this, the, the scary, the scary thing is, you know, that middleman is going to be Dilbert, you know, and so Scott Adams, who is like, <laughs> the, the presentations, yeah. is going to be the, is going to be going, coming up with, oh, here we go, yeah, this is, uh, uh, um, yeah, uh, Miss Taylor Green, please come in here and. Uh, at the very least, can we at least like semi dox Taylor Green? Like, can we just like ban her from Dress Barn and like Joanne <laughs> Fabrics? Like, let's just make her like private life at least miserable, you know? Can we shop to Hobby Lobby? Stop it. Exactly. Oh, right. Uh, bringing up sexual harassment seminars reminds me that I am still currently sitting in a 
apartment in the Bronx represented in the New York City Council by the Reverend Ruben Diaz Sr., who walked out of his sexual harassment training because, quote, I don't snitch. Uh, (laughs) And he's a Democrat, guys. Uh, And with that, hey, no matter what, important to know, no matter how bad things get, Donald Trump is still not back on Twitter. So, hey. You know, Tom, just before you finish that, I, I really do think that the, the uh, this, is, this, is kind of, this is kind of quasi-serious. Um, Congress may not be uh, succeed um, in impeaching and removing uh, Donald Trump, but the, uh, it was an incredibly significant um, for the health of the republic that, that, that Twitter essentially um, uh, unilaterally um, impeached and removed him um, you know, uh, from, you know, from that, you know, from that, uh, from that platform. And, uh, and given how heightened tensions had, had gotten um, building up to, and obviously through uh, the, the January 6th, the, the January 6th insurrection, the, the, that turned out to be you know, the, arguably the, the most significant, you know, quote, political um, uh, action um, taken by an entity with a, a certain amount of authority. I think you're absolutely right. Like, if nothing else, we didn't get time to talk about it today. Uh, but I was thinking about this week when the uh, when the GameStop story launched, just how like that is the kind of story that a month ago Trump would have tweeted something crazy that afternoon, and we'd have immediately forgotten about it uh, because we were too busy dealing with the fact that he just made Jarrett the the like official landlord of America, uh, gave him all, gave him all the parks. Uh, with that, we're going to call it a week for like for oldest folks. This is a wonderful conversation. Thank you so much panel. Uh, we'll go around real quick. Kate Moran, where can, where can folks find you on, yeah, you can, on the internet? Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at kickasskmo, and, uh, all links to my other podcasts are also on those sites. So just follow me. Great. Thank you, Kate Moran. Thank you, Shannon DeVito. Where can, where can folks find you online? Um, you can find me on Twitter because I haven't been kicked off yet. Um, and Instagram uh, and my YouTube channel, all at Shannon DeVito. Thank you very much. Rex, where can folks find you and, and your work uh, online? Uh, just real quick, Shannon, I'm immediately going to go watch Snowpiercer because I'm so oh, excited. It's really good. Yeah. No, <laughs> um, I'm uh, just at Rex Hupke, R-E-X-H-U-P-P-K-E on Twitter. Uh, I put all my columns up there and, and, and do all kinds of uh, horrid shenanigans that should get me fired. So, uh, But that would be cancel culture, so that can't happen. That's right. Uh, no one gets canceled. <laughs> not, not in Biden's America. Uh, Robert George, where can folks find you online? Uh, on the uh, uh, on the on the Twitters, uh, you can find me at Rob George. Uh, you know, come for the uh, come for the puns, stay for the trenchant political commentary, or come for the political commentary and tolerate the puns. You know, the choice is the choice is yours. Uh, you can also find me uh, on Instagram at uh, Rob George uh, Rob George twenty nine um, because that's my perpetual age, and uh, and. Uh, you know, okay, yeah, and of course, uh, I uh, my, my day job. I'm at um, um, Bloomberg Opinion. You know, see that guy up there in the corner. Uh, and exactly, and on on Twitter, you that, that's a, at Bo, uh, at at Bo Opinion. Uh, so you can find my stuff there as well as some other really smart um, uh, other, other really smart analysis, particularly. This past week or so, there's some like really great um, t- takes on the on the whole games GameStop um, stuff. Excellent. 
Thank you very much again, panel, for being with us. Uh, and uh, before we get going on this week's episode, I'm Tom Brennan. Find me on Twitter at Brennanator, on Instagram at Brennanatorgram. Uh, and uh, before we get going, a couple other thank yous. First of all, thank you very much to Proper Dodgy for stopping by, AKA Rachel Semigran and Elizabeth Spellman. Uh, thank you, as always, to Declan Chalvey and Jordi Belair for helping to design the Electoral Dysfunction Eagle. Uh, thank you very much to Kevin Scott for doing the show animation. Thank you to Joanne Harris for doing the show theme song. Thank you to uh, Ned Thorne for being our announcer and for helping me to put these together and put them up online every single week. And now uh, to play us out this week, very excited to have this gentleman play us out from the great state of New Jersey. He is making, happy to report, a strong recovery from COVID-19. And we're also very excited to say he will be back on electoral dysfunction very soon. Our favorite libertarian, Jim Tassone. Ned Thorne, star wipe us to Jim Tassone in New Jersey. <laughs>